section twenty nine of introducing irony by maxwell bodenheim this librivox recording is in the public domain reading by matt perard section twenty nine history sunlight stuck to the gray floor like curdled honey and clung to the black wall like visible fever on the breast of a savage this contradiction gave a fugitive radiance to the room in which king ferdinand stood moulding figures of happiness on sunless days the room was a depressed insult to his rejoicing forcing it into adroit retorts he had made this chamber a necessary enemy as he moulded his figures of happiness his wife stood beside him ready with colours you have almost finished this half pyramid of eyes emerging from a flat surface and ending against a vertical wall she said as though the sound of her words made their obviousness subtle what colour shall i use to excite your design king ferdinand turned to her like a blind man peering into fantastically returning sight creative absorption had ruffled his middle-aged face into an ageless insurrection but when he spoke a wrinkled order once more reigned beneath the granite lull of his forehead give each eye a different shade of colour and for the wall make a blue of inhuman brightness a blue that has swallowed a constellation and defies night he said this form symbolizes my last happiness wherein the clashing sequences of my life have been smashed into a challenging glare i have become immortal until i voluntarily tender my immortality to death if he takes it the wrinkles on king ferdinand's cheeks ascended to a sentence of belief hacked upon his forehead his broadly cumbersome face shrunk to a lighter scope and his red moustache shone like a coal of expectation his wife played with her dark green gown as though it were relaxed gaiety her body like a plump blunder ended in the daft recklessness of her head the high amber of her face raised its slightly turned lines of brooding abandon she looked at her husband as though she considered his flesh an unimportant tragedy calmed by his words the smell of listening earth drifted through a window and bird cries violated the air like expiring emotions king ferdinand stood in the manner of one to whom motion has become a dim travesty and the blood in his veins was a prisoned resonance his folded arms were weighted in a marble posture beneath his long sleeves queen muriel touched his arm and gave him life she led him to a corner of the room and unveiled a small figure and her hands were pliant consummations my first happiness she said in a voice of climbing distinctness they carried the figure to the light almost as slim as a personified plant stem a conventionalized monk grew straight from the centre of two lean hands cupped into the semblance of a flower pot the hands met each other in an effortless tenderness the thinly high monk bore the suggestions of hood and cassock and his face wore a look of indistinct triumph and so i like to believe that your happiness has grown uncertainly from the rarely caught touch of my hands she said the door of the room opened and two men strode in 
one of them curved upward into pompous impatience the tight inquisitiveness of a gaudy uniform revealed his tall body his face was like an expansive fallacy large rolls of flesh indecisively interrogated the thin slant of his nose and slid into the refuge of his brown beard the second man was waspishly abbreviated and clad in mincing castrations of colour his tinily sharp face suggested a soulless beetle have you come as usual to bestow your explosive admiration on my figures said king ferdinand to the man whose face resembled a redundant mistake three men of your guard will murder you with restrained admiration to-morrow noon answered the other man in whose voice a sneer and apprehension were partners in a minuet you will be killed on the palace steps and the cheers of a huge audience will make death's leer articulate to you while you have taken the role of a hermit in an aesthetic petticoat your friends have been arranging a last happiness for you you are considered an imbecile who paints pretty figures with the blood of his country the flashing hardnesses of a wintry repose assaulted king ferdinand's face my brothers are quite willing to use this blood as an unsolicited rouge for the lips of their mistresses he answered in a tone of remotely amused reproach i have not assailed my subjects with taxes or led them to wars and that has been a serious error they are probably in the position of a man with his chains removed who is angry because he has forgotten how to dance the accurately shortened man spoke when you are dead sire your brothers will gamble for your throne by throwing roses at your head he who first succeeds in striking your bulging eyes will win death does not like to be made a cheated jester said king ferdinand he will doubtless devise a better joke for my winning brother queen muriel whose face had grown old with choked disdain stepped forward now that your shrewd bantering has made itself sufficiently nude tell us why you have come she said the tall man who carried with him the air of an animated mausoleum spoke to-day i saw an old libertine tottering down the boulevard glancing to his feet he spied a lily clipped and fresh he sidled blithely to the edge of the walk to avoid stepping on the flower there is little pleasure after all in flattening a child from another world my carriage will take you to the frontier to-night my caprices have never been able to strut gorgeously because they hold a sincere sympathy for motion said king ferdinand still mechanically jesting his hand rose to one cheek as though signalling for a friendly trance and his eyes closed unceremoniously we will take your carriage he said in the voice of an abstracted tight-rope walker the two men tilted their gaudiness into imperceptible bows and departed king ferdinand and his wife stood staring at each other as though their bodies were teasing curtains then without remembering what had occurred they let gay words poke each other and began to discuss colors for the monk's figure rising from cupped hands and blossoming into indistinct triumph that night their carriage stopped upon a hilltop and they were killed by three men one of the three had a thin nose and a brown beard 
the tight inquisitiveness of a bright uniform revealed his tall body among historians among historians he was to be noted as the man who killed an imbecile king and led his country to glory and prosperity End of section twenty nine